What's going on guys, Austin here. And in this video, we are gonna be taking a look at the extra points overreaction Monday, but it's on a Tuesday. So are these games no big deal? Is it time to worry or should we sell the team? I'm gonna be going over some of the more interesting games of the week. Um, I don't know if I got to all of them. I might have, I think some of the games were just flat out like irrelevant, boring, but we'll see. In fact, I do believe I completely skipped the Jets Ravens game. There's not much we can really tell from that. Besides, that Sauce Gardner is the real deal. But let's take a look. So the first game, the Bills defeating the Rams 31 to 10. And my question is, are the defending champs in trouble? Is it no big deal? Is it time to worry? Or do the Rams just need to sell the team? Most people were betting the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Most people have Josh Allen as MVP. But the defending Super Bowl champions at home the night they reveal the banner, you, you know, you got to think it's going to be a good game. And it just wasn't. Here's what I'll say is that the Rams have a lot of new pieces at critical areas. Their wide receiver, too, brand new. Their running back situation is still kind of interesting. I don't think I don't think they really have it completely figured out yet. Right. Their linebacking core, they switched out edge linebacker Von Miller for middle linebacker Bobby Wagner. They have, I believe, two rookie defensive backs that are starting along with Jalen Ramsey. And all of that is, is insignificant in comparison to the Rams offensive line. It's, it's just not as good as we thought it was going to be. They missed Andrew Whitworth. You could see Von Miller pretty much got any, any look at Stafford that he wanted. Now, all that being said, the Buffalo Bills are an amazing team. They've got a great knockout punch. They beat a lot of teams by a lot of points last year. Now, they also lost to a couple good they also lost to a couple good to average teams. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, they lost to the Tennessee Titans. You know, they lost to some teams that you wouldn't expect them to take losses to. And so this year, you know, the Bills are expected to be better. They brought in Von Miller, right? They've got more I would say overall weapons, Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie are maturing. They basically replaced, uh, can't even think of the wide receivers that they got rid of, but uh, Jamison Crowder came in. They got rid of Cole Beasley for Jamison Crowder. I think that's actually a slight upgrade. Um, and they weren't even playing with Tredavious White, probably the best player on the team, you know, respective to position. So the Bills are great. The Rams are really trying to figure things out because they're not cohesive. And so because of that, I'm going to say, it's time to worry only because only because of the offensive line. Everywhere else, it's not a big deal. The 49ers losing 10, 19 to 10. 49ers put up 10 points on Chicago. See, so the question I have right here is, are both young quarterbacks busts? Because 19 to 10, not a great, not a great final score. The Rams, or not the Rams, the 49ers are expected to be, you know, one of the Super Bowl contenders. Chicago, you know, Justin Fields in year two, he, he's supposed to make a step forward. Both quarterbacks had at least as many rushing attempts as they did passing attempts. Now, I know a lot of you guys don't watch every game. Most of you guys only watch the game that your team plays. What you might not know is that the Chicago Bears replaced their field this last offseason because people get injured on that field more than any other field in NFL history, even more than the Washington Redskins football team commanders field. However, well, that didn't really do much because Elijah Mitchell got hurt on it, but neither here nor there, somehow the designer, the builder, the architect, whatever you want to call them, 
they messed up on the irrigation. And when it rained in Chicago this weekend, the field flooded. It was the wettest field I've ever seen in pro football history. Now, I've only been watching football, you know, for the last, you know, like 10, 12, whatever years it is. So that's a little different, but it's not a big deal. The win, obviously the 49ers would love to get that win, but take it easy on both quarterbacks. It's no big deal. The Dolphins defeating the pack, the Patriots 20 to seven. And so now Bill Belichick is officially below 500 since Brady left. The question is, is Belichick done? A lot of what people are looking at is, oh, you know, Belichick can't win without Brady. What people don't realize is that in Brady's last year, Belichick couldn't win with Brady, right? They were a terrible offensive team with, with the GOAT, Tom Brady, on the roster. They had one of the greatest defenses I've ever seen. If the, if the offense had never scored a single point and had taken up you know, just as much clock time and just never scored a single point, that Patriots team would have won four games and at least tied one of them. They would have won four games just on the merit of their defense alone. That means their defense scored more points than opposing teams offenses in four games. And yet that team went into wildcard weekend and lost to the Titans on a Brady pick six. All that being said, the Patriots don't have a great defense anymore. Their offensive line, their running backs, their tight ends, everything seems to be just be weaker. Brady's gone on to Tampa to what appears to be amazing success. But what I will say is that it's no big deal, right? What we we seem to be forgetting is that Bill Belichick, the coach, is the greatest football coach of all time. Bill Belichick, the GM, not so much. Bill Belichick, the GM, might not even be a top five GM in the last 20 years. Probably not. You know, I mean, like signing Randy Moss, you know, acquiring guys that you know, make differences and cutting guys at the perfect time, like things like that. Like, yeah, he's great, but drafting Bill Belichick, the GM is not great, but Bill Belichick, the coach is still easily the greatest coach of all time. All it takes is one good draft for any team to completely turn it all around. Remember the Saints back in 2017, three consecutive years of seven win seasons. They had a great 2017 draft. I believe they had, they drafted like five pro bowlers or something like that. So Patriots without Belichick, unless he decides to retire after this year, it's not a big deal. The Browns beat Baker's Panthers. This one made me so happy. Baker was talking so much trash. Oh, I'm going to F them up. And oh, you know, they made a mistake trading me. I mean, he basically sounded like Josh Rose. Nine mistakes went ahead of me. Oh, yeah, because nobody wants to have Deshaun Watson when you can have the great quarterback that Baker Mayfield is. So for the Panthers, was trading for Baker the right move? And I would have said this before. I'll say it now. It obviously was not the right move. The Panthers have a bad offensive line. The Panthers have bad wide receivers. The Panthers have bad coaching the only bright spot on their entire team is the young cornerback, J.C. Horn, obviously Christian McCaffrey, and D.J. Moore, who I think of just – D.J. Moore is basically Michael Pittman. He's a wide receiver, two on any team that wants to win the Super Bowl, and he's a wide receiver, one on any team that wants to have a, that wants to have a running game as their main source of offense. So for the Panthers, 
Is this no big deal? Is it time to worry? No, they need to sell the team. I mean, obviously Tepper just bought the team. I'm not telling him to sell the team, but everything needs to blow up. Baker's a better, Baker is not a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. That's obvious if you watch the games, not watching ESPN, not looking at the stats. If you watch the games, Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And last year, he couldn't do anything, especially now without Christian McCaffrey for all but, you know, whatever it was, six games. Everything needs to blow up, including getting rid of CMC. The only pieces that I would keep are Akeem Aquanu and J.C. Horn. Oh, and uh, C.J. Henderson, because they traded for him from Jacksonville. He's a good cornerback, too. So the Colts tied the Texans in what was supposed to be a team that massively upgraded at quarterback. You know, the... the you know, this was supposed to be, you know, like the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, the, the, the Buccaneers getting Tom Brady, the Colts getting Matt Ryan. Like, Ugh. it was never going to work out. Was swapping Wentz for Ryan the right move? I'll tell you right off the bat, no. Why? Because Carson Wentz is better than Matt Ryan. All you guys, you look at the stats and you look at the ESPN and you're like, oh, Matt Ryan's had, you know, eight consecutive 4,000-yard seasons. And... Okay, and if you watch them play the game, Carson Wentz is a better quarterback. Last year, Carson Wentz had a very good running, running, running game and abjectly below average wide receivers, abjectly horrendous tight ends. And he still managed to go for 3,800 yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. How much better do you need somebody to be in their first year in the system? Were you expecting Matt Stafford, you know, were you expecting a la Matt Stafford Wentz to carry him to the Super Bowl? Because that was never going to happen. So was swapping Wentz for Ryan the right move? No, of course not. It's time to worry because they keep, you know, they keep eating salary. They keep trading picks to keep acquiring new quarterbacks. They've had six consecutive seasons of a different starting quarterback and that is never going to pan out it would be better if they traded for a guy like Gardner Minshew or Jimmy Garoppolo or you know somebody young you know between the ages of 24 and 28 and just had him start for years and years to come because at this point they don't have that total Super Bowl roster anymore they need to build a few pieces around it the Colts need to worry that division they were favored to win the division not the odds on favorite but they were the favorite to win that division. And between them and the Titans, it's going to be a toss-up of just who doesn't want it less. The Steelers almost tie the Bengals. Are the Bengals having a Super Bowl hangover or are the Steelers better than we thought? Here's what I'll say. Last year, we all knew what the weakness on the Bengals was. It was their offensive line. They had a bottom seven offensive line in the league. Yet despite that, what we all thought in our minds is Joe Burrow had an amazing Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool season and propelled them to a Super Bowl. When in reality, what happened is the last three or four weeks of the season, the defense got hot. In the playoffs, the defense got hot. Against the Titans, the defense played amazing. Defense picked off Ryan Tannehill four times even though not all of them were directly thrown to the defense. A lot of them were like batted balls. That's not the point. You get deflections, deflections go up. 
those turn into interceptions. And that's what the defense did. They shut down Patrick Mahomes for an entire half of, of that second half uh, in the AFC championship. They, they beat the Raiders at home in a seemingly easy win. And it took every single game for them to kick a game winning field goal in overtime or wherever it was to win their games. I don't think that they were ever a Super Bowl roster. They're a Super Bowl offense. If you just took their quarterback, wide receivers, and running back, in my opinion, inarguably the best group of offensive weapons, skill position players in the entire league. And they added Lyle Collins. They added a bunch of pieces on the offensive line that we all thought was going to get better. But what we know about offensive lines is that they need to take time to work together and gel. Players don't play in the preseason anymore. So this offensive line is still learning, you know, each other's habits. They're still learning Joe's cadence. They're going to get better. But again, like I said, it was never really a Super Bowl roster to begin with. In my opinion, they were always going to miss the playoffs. However, this was a game they really needed if they weren't. So for the Bengals, it's probably time to worry. You might be having a Super Bowl hangover and you might miss the playoffs. Now the Packers. Not a lot of people expected Aaron Rodgers to get his butt handed to him at Minnesota in opening weekend. But last year, nobody expected Aaron Rodgers to get his butt handed to him in New Orleans opening weekend. And if I remember correctly, Aaron Rodgers last year ended the season second, third. I think it was third in touchdowns, and he only had like four interceptions. It was like it was like thirty-nine to four or something stupid like that. Just unbelievably good. And uh, clearly, the MVP, number one seed in the NFC, despite you know not having a you know fantastic wide receiver room around him. And this year, the wide receiver room room got objectively worse. People are going to try to compare this situation to the Titans, to the Chiefs. It's not the same. If you want to compare what a wide receiver room looks like after trading away the number one wide receiver, take a look at the Packers and the Ravens. See, because both of them had a clear and obvious number one wide receiver on the team and nobody else after them. And both of them got rid of that number one wide receiver. Now, the Packers tried drafting a couple rookies and, you know, they brought in Sammy Watkins to make it up, but that's not going to make a difference. And you've heard it, you've heard it, you know, repeated over and over again in the media. Aaron Rodgers needs to trust his weapons, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's true. What I'll say is this. We know that Aaron Rodgers is still a top quarterback in the league. Some of you don't think he's the best. In my opinion, he's earned the status of being called the best quarterback until we see a full season of him proving us wrong. And so between AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, Sammy, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, everybody there. Between them, I think he'll be able to get enough trust with the lot of them. As long as he's fine with dishing out the football, they'll be all right. Now, I do think Minnesota's a great team, and I think Minnesota is going to make some serious noise and earn themselves a playoff spot. Now, the Packers would have really liked this game to win that division. There is a chance that Minnesota could just take a stranglehold on the NFC North, and the Packers might not have a chance to win it back. But healthy Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose his division, so it's no big deal. Now, the Giants, 
They scored a touchdown to go down one in the final minute of this Titans game. So they went for two. Saquon Barkley cuts it in and they win the game because Randy Bullock can't make a 60 whatever yard field goal that they got him into at the very end. So my question is, will last year's AFC number one seed miss the playoffs? Remember last year, the Titans, they had a win against the Chiefs. They had a win against the Bills. They had a win against the Rams. They had two wins against the Colts, who I said were a very good team, and they were. Maybe a little streaky offensive line play, but they were a good team last year. They beat the Colts twice, the Rams, and the Chiefs, and the the Bills. They beat basically every single playoff team that was on their schedule. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, they beat every playoff team that was on their schedule. Tannehill had a decent game, but again, I mean, he's Ryan Tannehill, 266 yards, two touchdowns. That's about what you'd expect from average quarterback, you know, somewhere like between the you know, 15th and the 16th, 17th best quarterback in the league. That's about what you get. Derrick Henry didn't have a great game. You know, he had like 80 yards on like four yards per carry or something like that. But he's coming back from an injury. I don't think anybody saw this good of a game coming from the Giants, and especially nobody saw this good of a game coming from Saquon Barkley. So what I'll say is they're in the most winnable division in the AFC and their schedule isn't horrendous outside of the division. So they still have a very solid hope to make the playoffs, but you really would have liked to have a win against the New York Giants. So it's time to worry, but we don't need to sell the team yet because they can still salvage the season. Now, the Chiefs blow out the Cardinals by 23 points. My question is, are the Kansas City Chiefs better without Tyreek Hill? The obvious answer to that is absolutely unequivocally not. However, what I will say is during the regular season, depth in rosters is significantly more important than it is in the playoffs. So during the regular season, the Chiefs are just going to be lighting people up with their vast array of weapons. They replaced Tyree Kill with Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and a rookie out of Purdue, I think. Maybe it was Western Michigan. I can't remember. Sky Moore. They grabbed three players that were Marquez Valdez-Scantling, probably the number two, maybe at worst number three on his team. They grabbed Juju Smith-Schuster, the number one on his team. And so now, Nicole Hardman from last year, he went from the Chiefs wide receiver two to now the Chiefs wide receiver three. And they still have a second-slash-third-round rookie that is now their wide receiver four when they didn't have that before. So the depth got much, much better. Travis Kelsey's still there. So let's not pretend like this situation is similar to the situation in Green Bay. They're nothing alike. Because even if you just plucked off Devontae Adams and plucked off Tyree Kill from last year, the Chiefs still have significantly better weapons because you have Travis Kelsey. So no, they're not better. It's, it's not a big deal. Let's not, let's not take too much into account from this game. But remember, they'll be good in the regular season. What's really going to matter is how they play in the playoffs because Tyree Kill in the playoffs is a different animal. The Bucs struggled to score, but them boys, they struggled more. Will the Cowboys miss the playoffs? 
Dak, injured hand. Amari Cooper's gone. Tyrone Smith is going to be out for the season. Lyle Collins, he's in Cincinnati. Randy Gregory, he's in Denver. I mean, last year you had Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, and Amari Cooper. This year you have CeeDee Lamb. And who else right now? Dalton Schultz is good, but, I mean, last year, you know, he was your number three, four weapon. Now he's your number two. Zeke, he's a year older. Tony Pollard, they're still not giving him the carries. The offensive line has regressed. The defense has regressed. And Dak, unfortunately, got hurt again. This was going to be the one year that we were going to have to see from Dak. Can he carry a below-average team to the playoffs? Now, the obvious answer is no, he can't because he's not that good. Most people like to think, oh, well, you know, like that 2016 draft class, like we obviously know that Dak is the best quarterback. No, no, we don't. Because from what we've seen from Dak Prescott is that when he has the best wide receivers and the best offensive line and the best running game in his division, then, yeah, he can put up a lot of points. But Carson Wentz, when he was in Philadelphia back in, say, 2019, he had, you know, a revolving door at wide receiver. No no tight end to speak of. They were hurt. I don't even think uh, Dallas Goddard was there. Zach Ertz wasn't, wasn't playing. And the running backs, I mean, if you think that, you know, rookie Miles Sanders is the best, the best running back in the division, you're high. Wouldn't have even been third. And Carson Wentz went into Dallas and beat Dak head-to-head to make the playoffs. Dak would have won. He would have made the playoffs. So what I'll say is, I never had any faith that Dak was going to be able to get this Cowboys team to the playoffs. So it's time to sell the team. They had a horrendous offseason. Dak got hurt. My opinion, you keep the blue chippers and you send out the old guys taking a look at the future. Now, the Broncos versus Seahawks. Russ returns. Oh, boy. I cannot explain how satisfied I feel being so right about this situation, because what I said was that I've I've been a supporter of the Denver Broncos for years, and I always believed in their wide receivers. I always believed in in their overall defense. I thought it was average. I always believed in the running backs that they had when it was, you know, Philip Lindsay, then Melvin Gordon, then now Javante Williams. The only thing I didn't really believe in is their offensive line. I even believed in Drew Locke, and I still, I still kind of believe in Drew Locke a little bit. But they decided to blow, blow that up. They sent out several first-round picks. They sent out Noah Fant. They sent out Drew Locke. They sent out, uh, I believe it was an edge rusher, um, and they bring back in Russell Wilson. They signed Nathaniel Hackett, and boy, let me tell you, Russell Wilson – Did not look good. He looked like he had no idea how to mentally be a quarterback. If you listen to the Manning cast, Peyton Manning was dumbfounded at how many just low IQ mistakes Russell Wilson was making. And I I mean, I had to agree. If I'm not mistaken, they had at least three delay of game penalties, which is just that's just that's that's three too many. Delay of game, it's not a false start where, oh, I couldn't hear the snap count and and I thought we were on a different play. No, no, no. Delay of game is, is I don't know what play to run. We're still in the huddle. We're getting out of the huddle too late. I look at the clock and I'm going to pretend like there's more time than there, than there is. And just mental mistake after mental mistake. 
And what does Geno Smith do? Geno Smith starts the game 12 for 12 with 150 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns. I don't even think, I don't even think they played. He played well in the second half. He just basically checked down and made sure that the Broncos didn't get a lead back. And what does Russell Wilson do on his final drive? He wastes about eight minutes just waiting to get to the snap, gets his team about 13 yards to the 40 yard line and sets up a fourth and four to kick a 64 yard field goal. Might've been fourth and five to kick a 64 yard field goal. If I'm Denver, I did not trade all of those picks and get a new head coach to have a quarterback let my field goal unit come onto the field at fourth and five from the 64-yard kick. That is not the move. So for all those reasons, are the Broncos in danger of missing the playoffs? I didn't have them making the playoffs to begin with. It is time to worry because after that recent struggle, I think we can tell that it's obvious. So what did you guys think about your team? Am I overreacting? Am I underreacting? Let me know in the comments down below. Be sure to like and subscribe and stay up to date on all of our future content.